Welcome to Watershed's December podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the cinema curator here at Watershed. As we get to that end of year moment, I've reflected on the Watershed year in cinema and pulled out those films that stood out for me. Initially, I started to think maybe 2015 was not going to be a vintage year as not a lot of films came immediately to my mind. However, when I went back and looked properly at the year in film at Watershed, I came up with a list of 25 titles. And that does not include any screened at festivals or one-off special events. Here they are then in order of release, with my own one-line thoughts on why they stood out for me. I'd be interested in whether you agree or disagree and what your highlights were. So here we go. In January, National Gallery, legendary documentarian Fred Wiseman observes in his inimitable, unassuming, non-intrusive style to reveal the National Gallery in London as one of the most valuable cultural institutions. A brilliant combination of film, art and cultural value. In February, My Dan was another observational documentary which, similar to Wiseman, is without commentary, revealing the momentous events happening in the Ukraine. Memorably introduced as part of the conversations about Cinema Strand by a Bristol University student who had flown over to Ukraine to observe for himself what was going on. Also that month, Catch Me Daddy, a visually striking and uncomfortable British thriller set against the backdrop of the Yorkshire Dales and Honour Killings. It convinces me of my theory that cinematographer Robbie Ryan is the auteur of British film. It follows. This was one of those moments where I was reminded of the radicalism of the horror genre. For example, early John Carpenter or Wes Craven. It Follows was a revelation. Halloween meets Terence Malick. And also in February, White God. Who could have thought that dogs could have acted people off the screen? But in this Hungarian updating of Orwell's 1984, this is what happens. An effective and convincing modern-day parable of our hubris. In March, Mommy, Xavier Dolan, finally made me sit up and watch with this loud, brash tour de force. Also this month, Danish film A Second Chance slipped under the radar, but Susan's Beard drama was a brilliantly acted and plotted, despite much criticism, contemporary morality play. In April, Force Majeure was another brilliantly acted, beautifully written and performed morality tale from Scandinavia, which made the audience think, what might I have done? The Falling from the wonderful Carol Morley explores the strong emotional connections across a group of teenage girls. Carol is emerging as one of the most exciting UK film directors and the falling points towards that future direction. A pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on existence. I simply love Swedish director Roy Anderson's deadpan philosophical musings and a pigeon took them to a more poignant polemical height. In May, Girlhood was simply one of the best films of the year which portrayed life's little scene. Inner city, working class teenage black girls and all their pride, beauty and resilience. Who could have failed to be moved by them dancing to Rihanna's Shine Bright Like a Diamond? Another Ukrainian film this month, this time the drama The Tribe, set in a school for the deaf, was as viscerally intense and unlike anything we had seen before. And also this month, Timbuktu provided dramatic insight into the impact of Islamic State extremism in Mali and what is at stake in this hideous imposition of values. The scenes of music defiantly drifting over the town were hugely memorable. 
In June, Black Coal Thin Ice, a brilliant film noir crime policier set amongst an unfamiliar Chinese landscape, worthy of any of those Scandinars we are all enamoured of. Mr Holmes, whilst a lot of people thought this was a classic British TV drama, I enjoyed Ian McKellen's playfulness with the character and the fallibility of an elderly Sherlock Holmes. Also in June, Slow West was an excellent, surreal, laconic, modern updating of the Western genre. And another example of why cinematographer Robbie Ryan is the great auteur of new British cinema. Remember you heard that here first. Getting towards summer now, and in July, Italian film The Wonders, delighted in the wonder that is an alternative lifestyle, and in particular, a young child's eye view. I was so pleased at how people responded to this lovely film. Eden, set amongst the French rave scene, a celebratory yet cautionary tale of giving yourself over to music and your muse. And in August, Hard to be a God, was as though a Hieronymus Bosch painting had suddenly come to life. The film rubs your face literally in what it means to be human, a hard, handcrafted metaphor. Marshland was an excellent use of genre to investigate the past. In this case, the atrocities carried out in Franco's Spain, uncovering uncomfortable history as thriller. In September, Abel Ferrara recreates the complex figure of film director poet Pierre Paolo Pasolini in the film of the same name, whilst Willem Dafoe brings him absolutely to life. The result is an exploration of art, politics and the personal. A Syrian love story. Apart from the immediacy and power of this film, it gets into my pick of the year because of the appearance on stage at Watershed of the main character, Amer. A humbling and emotional Q&A ensued. And finally in September, with 99 Homes, American cinema finally addresses the impact of the crisis in banking and is a savage critique of capitalism. And into the autumn, The Lobster, which I wish had had more of a Bunwellian bite, but it makes my list because despite my own predictions, it attracted and continues to attract hugely appreciative audiences, and particularly young audience, to the film's distinctly dystopian vision of the future of emotional relationships. And also in this month, Taxi Tehran, despite being constrained by the state, Iranian filmmaker Jafar Panahi continues to send thoughtful, incisive parables out to the wider world. And into November and December, Carol, whose cinematographer Ed Lachman is a genius and his gloriously composed scenes and images for Todd Haynes' Carol is a testament to that. An Oscar will surely come his way. If I was to get this list down to my top five, it would be, at number five, it follows. Then Girlhood, followed by Force Majeure at number three, and Carol in second place. And my favorite film this year, screened at Watershed, is, drum roll please, Abel Ferrara's Pasolini. That's my thoughts for this year. What are yours? Let me know via mark at watershed.co.uk or on Twitter at msc45. That's all for this month.